3: Everybody to Morning Footy, I'm Poppy Miller here with Christine Cooper and the grand return of the two boys from Washington DC, Charlie Davies and Alexis Graves. That was very nice. Do you do We're that back, every baby.
1: day? Yes,
4: we do. <laughs>
3: do you? Yeah. It's the first time I've seen it. How was DC? Did you have fun?
4: Amazing. It was incredible. I got a chance to reconnect with a lot of former teammates, uh, it's one of those moments where I got to play for the club for a year at DC United, and DC United's a special place for me. To go there and be in front of all those monuments, all the players, the, the supporters, and to come across a lot of people who watch morning footy. Oh my God. I, I can't tell you how many people came up to me, and not only watch it, but are huge fans of it. So that, uh, that filled my
1: heart. It was incredible. I did not play for DC United, uh, for <laughs> DC. <laughs> DC is a you wonderful place. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a wonderful place. I got to meet a bunch of my homies from uh, from England, London, uh, from London in particular, Arsenal fans that traveled over. Your it was favorite really cool. people? Uh, absolutely, second favorite to New Yorkers. Uh, it was cool. In fact, some a bunch of people came up to me telling me how much they enjoyed the show, how much they watch it. Uh, one guy in particular was like, "Hey, man, when the show started, I did not like you." <laughs> he was like, "I, <laughs> I thought you were trying." like, "I thought time. you were trying way too hard," but then I realized that's just me who too. you are. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a compliment, (laughs) bro. (laughs)
3: Uh, We've got so much to talk about with the World Cup that is obviously underway now. Let's just take a look at what has happened so far with the results because the two host nations that opened the World Cup both won with a 1-0 win. New Zealand with a massive win, the first ever win in the World Cup on both the men's and the women's side. They beat Norway and then Australia did the same thing with a 1-0 win against Ireland. Last night, Nigeria and Canada played to a scoreless draw and the Philippines lost to Switzerland by two goals to nil. Uh, Earlier on today, Spain beat Costa Rica and then tonight the big one in Group E, the U.S. taking on Vietnam on Fox. We're all counting down to that match. Uh, 0-0 it was between Nigeria and Canada, though Canada were the favourites by a long margin coming into this game. Christine Sinclair did have a chance to put them ahead. She was brought down in the box, which she was then awarded a penalty for, and someone... With her presence, Charlie, with everything that she's done for this team, you think she's the best person you could have standing here, but but she couldn't convert.
4: She was on the verge of being the first player, men or women's, to score in six World Cups. She was so close, right but, there. and Dozier comes up with a big save, and that was a VAR call, because initially the ref didn't give the pen. Uh, so I think there were, were moments in that match where Canada probably, could have gotten the winner, and Oshwala from Nigeria, who has starred in in Europe, just wasn't able to get going. But ultimately, I think this result uh, probably plays
1: more to the to the benefit of uh, Nigeria definitely absolutely, and On- they were Canada was finding spaces, especially Christine Sinclair. There was a beautiful curling shot that normally would go in for her in the ninth minute where I'm like, okay maybe maybe the the moment, maybe it's just the first match, you know these first matches, a lot of crazy things happen, but she will get that goal for uh, sure
4: and I think Haitima has to be a bigger presence because she you know, when she plays in NWSL, she's bombing forward, mm-hmm. she's getting on the end of crosses. I think in this scenario, she was used more to open up space mm-hmm. and, and not so much get, in the, get on the ball or be the the finishing uh, point of point of being the target up top. And I think that's where she needs to really get more involved.
3: You know, I was really looking forward to seeing this game because on attacking third, Jordan Angeli picked Nigeria as her dark horse for the competition and said that it, it, she thought it was gonna be really close between these two teams as well. For Canada, though, and for the pressure that's on them after everything that they did in the Olympics and then with Christine Sinclair desperate to be the first player, as you said, to score in six World Cups. Is that right? Here's a look at just some of her numbers. I mean, they're just outstanding, aren't they? She's a legend in the making. Truly, it's going to be a loss when
5: she finally does retire. But let's hang on to her for as long as possible.
3: 190 goals and 54 assists in 323 appearances. This doesn't, these stats almost don't even feel real. The all-time international goal scorer, goal leader in both the men's and the women's game. Do you think she does it, Chuck? Do you think she gets, yes, gets I do. the goal I, at I some do. point?
4: You could just, you could tell how influential she is to this team, given that this is her sixth World Cup, which is crazy. She's still so important to the success in the attacking third, so she does, she does get her goal.
3: Okay, we'll see. And let me just update you on the other score. Uh, as we mentioned, Switzerland beat the Philippines by two goals to nil. It was Bachmann and Puble uh, who had the goals in this game. So this leaves things really interesting now in this group, which is Group A. Uh, Switzerland were the favorites coming into this game. And, uh, well taken, them, well yeah, taken Penn there. For them to win 2-0, a good start. Good goal. Okay, so this is how things shape out in this table. Then they're in a group with uh, New Zealand and with Norway. So Switzerland and New Zealand both sitting at the top. I'm surprised at Norway in there, how they opened in that first match because obviously they are expected to be one of the big competitors in this competition uh, they'll have to turn things around though moving forward let's look at the game that happened this morning Spain taking on Costa Rica a 3-0 win all the headlines coming into this game was about Alexia Putellas. how much would she feature she did come in in the 77th minute but the Spanish side looked very good I mean oh. she was not needed yeah
4: <laughs> <laughs> and that was Bon Mati, and we, we've also seen her just absolutely boss it in Bar- uh, with Barcelona in the Champions League. But this Spain side, they are one of the favorites. The way that they keep the ball, it's similar to what we saw, the way Barcelona played in terms of that same style, being able to swing it side to side using the full width. And Samuel Salma Paralluelo, who starred with Barcelona as well, is so dynamic one of those wingers who absolutely puts you on your heels, can run in behind, can shoot from from anywhere around the box. That's the one player that I think really strikes fear into to any opponent.
5: How I far think, do you see Spain going? So I think for me, the question that I had in terms of Spain, because they're unquestionably talented, was how much had been resolved of the Las Quince debacle in its entirety, because it seemed like things went largely unresolved, and you never know how much of that is still existing among the players. Obviously, there was a majority on board. They asked for some changes. Everything seemed very vague. It doesn't seem like it came to resolution favorably all in. And so I feel like when you don't have that consensus among the squad, there's going to be some things that eventually start to crack in the foundation. I think as long as that's a go and they actually are a solid squad, I think they'll be pretty formidable mm-hmm. through the entire tournament. With,
4: with this team, it's winning, right? Yeah. As long as you're winning, things are good. And yeah. Mape Leon would be a, a massive boost if she had played. And, and I guess to build off of what you said, they probably went halfway and not full, and that's why they were able to still pull some players back into the team.
1: But yeah, this isn't a, a full, full strength mm-hmm. Spanish side. They still it's, got some incredible players. I mean, Yeda completed 75 passes. It's incredible. You know <laughs> it's a, in a game, you know? I haven't completed seventy-five passes in my life. I mean, this is incredible. <laughs> so they've got some real ballers. Spain is, you know, if you look at the teams that can compete against the US, Spain's tactics are on par with the US's talent level. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like their their ability to play quick touch, get people out of position is something you don't... I think they're like the first iteration of that in the women's game where you're like, oh, okay, they've really brought the tactics up from like a, a, a you know a development level all the way up. So it's mm-hmm. really impressive to see.
3: I think one of the things that impresses me most about the Spanish side is the fluidity of the team because a lot of them play together domestically as well mm-hmm. in the run mm-hmm. that they had in the mm-hmm. Champions League. Barcelona, obviously just such a top team. Uh, we've got a bunch more to come here on Morning Footy including on the Women's World Cup. Uh, we're going to talk about the U.S. Women's Women's national team who will play Vietnam uh, later on. But Ali's got your headlines next. Stay with us.
6: Inter Miami in Leagues Cup and Lionel Messi is expected to make his highly anticipated Inter Miami debut in that match tonight when the club takes on Cruz Azul. Head coach Tata Martino confirmed this week that Messi and fellow superstar signing Sergio Busquets are fit and ready to go, but didn't specify whether or not they'll start or come off the bench tonight. The game will be played in front of a sold out crowd at Drive Pink Stadium at 8 p.m. Eastern. And Inter-Miami finalized the addition of another one of Messi's former Barcelona teammates, announcing the long-rumored signing of Jordi Alba. The Spanish left-back arrives via a free transfer after his contract expired at Barcelona, and he is the first defensive reinforcement of Miami's Messi era.
4: Oh, my. And, oh. and who's next? And who, <laughs> Seriously, though, who's next? Iniesta? When, when's that going to be?
6: That is the question. But in other transfer news, Andre Onana has officially signed with Manchester United. The Cameroonian goalkeeper joins on a reported $57 million transfer from Inter Milan and reunites with Eric Ten Hag, who managed him at Ajax. Onana arrived stateside yesterday to join the Red Devils for their preseason USA tour as he prepares to begin life as United's starting goalkeeper, replacing long-serving starter David De Gea, who left United after 12 seasons. And in other Man United news, Bruno Fernandes has been named the new captain of Manchester United, taking the armband after manager Eric Ten Hag took the role away from Harry Maguire. The Portuguese midfielder wore the armband at times last season and takes the role on a permanent basis heading into the new season. Fernandes has scored 64 goals and added 54 assists in 185 matches for United since arriving in 2020. And turning to the U.S. men's national team and some news there, Gio Reyna sat down for his first substantial interview since last year's World Cup controversy, and he revealed that he received assurances from U.S. soccer CEO Matt Crocker about his future role with the national team after a falling out with Greg Berhalter, who has been rehired as the U.S. coach. Speaking to ESPN, Raina said, quote, I spoke with Matt Crocker in Las Vegas after the Mexico game. He said, I will have an important role for the program, or in the program for year, many years going forward. My job is to keep improving on the field and to help the team win. Reyna, of course, starred for the U.S. in their run to the CONCACAF Nations League title, but suffered an ankle injury that he has yet to recover from. The U.S. men's national team returns to action in September with friendlies against Uzbekistan and Oman. And Charlie, we knew that when Burhalter was hired that the the rep- repairing that relationship was going to be really important how do you see that process going forward can it be fully repaired
4: well it, at the end of the day you're representing your country mm-hmm. and for Gio Reyna, he has so much potential and we've seen in the final given that the news broke during the game they get they beat Mexico trace zero everyone's pumped they come in the locker room and everyone was blindsided and obviously U.S. soccer didn't get to control the narrative, so now the players are, are finding that Greg Berhalter's rehired. And for a player like Gio Reyna, you know, your family was affected yeah. in this. And the only thing you can do is look forward. You cannot hold grudges, you can't be tied to the past. For him, he's he seems like he's matured. It seems like he's got a new role in this team. Now, someone who's gonna be super important and vital in the attacking third as, as a number 10. He played, he balled out. Uh-huh. He, he controlled the midfield. He controlled the tempo, something that we had hoped to see from him. And it seems like centrally, that's where he'll, he'll get on the ball a lot more. He's not kind of relied on to run in behind as a winger or, or, or just being so predictable. This is where you can find that creativity, and it's a perfect role for him. And I think now it's, it's on Greg Burhalter to get the most.
3: But are you surprised that they haven't spoken yet? Are you surprised that they haven't had that conversation? Because to me, it seems more awkward to say, oh, we haven't spoke, it's almost like this elephant in the room is still there.
4: They're going to talk, right? It's, but why not, it's why haven't they yet? I think it's all about timing. It hasn't worked out where Greg Berhalter was there and pulled him aside. You probably are waiting for that, that special moment to say, all right, here's a time where I can come. Maybe it comes down to Greg just flying out to Germany and having you know a couple of meetings coffees trying to mend that relationship because it's important that they can work together. It's, they don't have to be friends. Mm-hmm. I've played on a number of teams where you're not tight with the coach or, you, or there's players that don't agree with what the coach wants, but so to you speak. But all, you have to go out and Do you think it's always
3: going to be a personal matter, though? Because it feels like moving forward, mm-hmm. now if Gio Reyna is left out of the starting <coughs> eleven for whatever reason, is the question always going to be, oh, well, he must have had something happen with Greg again?
5: I think the perception is always going to be there outwardly just because of the nature of the fan base. It's always going to be every single stray hair will certainly be examined and re-examined and called to question. I think there's going to be the need for a lot more answers. I think that in terms of professionalism, as Charlie said, that comes first and foremost in any job, irrespective of whether or not you're a pro football player or not, It or matter of fact, a coach. Mm-hmm. So I think that the expectation now going forward is that Greg steps up and Gio as well steps up and understands that they have a job to do and they have a mutual desired goal to achieve. And I think that that should supersede everything else. As
4: long as he stays healthy, he's in the team. That's and the big issue. And it's just like Christian Pulisic, you know, he's at that level when he's fit and healthy and, and engaged. So as long as he is fit, and playing
1: in this number 10 role, we saw he, he's, he's, he's taken yeah. a new step. Yeah. He's got to be in the team.
3: Okay.
1: And they don't have to be best friends. As no. long as they can yeah. just get along. And I will take some umbrage. His family wasn't affected. His family affected it. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I wouldn't necessarily
3: say <laughs> his family affected. We're a catalyst of and yeah, for, yeah. yes. Yeah. We'll see how it all, all unfolds, but no, no doubt, I'm sure that conversation will happen sooner rather than later. Speaking of the U.S. men's national team, let's talk about the U.S. women's national team next because they're looking to three-peat and they kick things off tonight against one of eight debut sides in this competition, Vietnam. We're going to talk that game next.
0: Passion, drive, and patience.
3: So the U.S. women's national team begin their quest for their third consecutive World Cup trophy tonight as the world number one takes on 32nd ranked Vietnam tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern on Fox. How excited are we to see the U.S. back in action, Christine? I'm hyped. I'm, I'm
5: absolutely ready to go. I think they are too. I think that they have overprepared for this. We have some questions in availability and fitness, obviously Rose Lavelle, Julie Ertz, but we have so much depth. That I'm, mm. I'm not particularly worried about the U.S. pulling this off, especially since they're going in against uh, debutante in Vietnam.
4: I want to see goals
5: Yes. <laughs> over under.
4: Stack. Under, em. Over stack. under seven <laughs> goals for the U.S. women's national team in this first game. Under. How many? Seven. Over. Seven. No, they need
1: to outdo with the, uh, the game.
5: Against I need. Thailand. I need people uh, with their pitchforks online crying yes. about how they're bullying another team. Yeah, absolutely. Because you think under? 20, yeah. I think under seven.
1: I yeah. wow, think it will be about You five? don't trust the U.S. women's <laughs> national team? <laughs> <I'm> go- Listen. <laughs> it was
5: it? 13 against Thailand? right? Okay. So arguably, right? Let's say. You're saying 15? Say no. I think we're
1: going to outdo what we did <laughs> no. against Thailand. Absolutely. Because here's the thing. It's group stages. Goal differential. Other teams may beat up on some of the smaller countries. We need to level up.
5: Let's say we hypothetically start right with uh, Alex Morgan, Sophie Smith, Trinity Rodman mm. up top. I mean. What else do you And you're
1: mean? saying... You say under...
3: Under seven. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Wow. Bro, there might be two or three tricks this That's squad. the English in
4: you. I, I was going to say, that's yeah, like a 100%. 3
3: lion bias.
1: That's the yeah.
4: hater What do you Indian. think
3: the score's going to be?
1: That's the
4: lioness they, in you speaking. <laughs> I think they score at least eight goals tonight.
3: That's the American... Uh, what's the nice word for... Arrogance? That's what you would say about the <laughs> English. <laughs> we <call> about it... <laughs> it. Uh, how we call about it? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm not saying um, that it won't be completely dominant. I just don't think it's going to be 15-0. are I think mispronouncing a confidence. legacy of success. confidence.
1: Yes. I know. I think you have to. I think against a small uh, a small nation in regards to football, uh, this is a, a big opportunity for them. It's, you know, welcome to the competition, but you're about to find out what it's like going against a, this is on the road to a 3 P.
3: Yeah.
1: Nah, you gotta rack, okay, you gotta rack is, these goals up. This is the up.
3: team that we think could Potentially start for Black Andonovsky tonight. Let's take a look at the 11. I mean, this is a stacked team, no doubt. Uh, Julia starting in the middle with Ashley Sanchez, Lindsay Horan, and then that trio up top that is just electrifying. I think
4: Smith and Rodman swap sides. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So Sophie Smith is really, I think, Sophia Smith is, is one of those players who comes to the wide left and cuts inside. So I think that's what we're going to see. And Rodman bombs down the right. She also come in behind Alex Morgan when Alex Morgan checks. So, I also think
1: Sanchez and Haran will swap. I think Haran. I'm interested to see Haran as captain, co-captain obviously with Alex Morgan. I'm interested to see that. But I'm what I'm really looking for is Sanchez getting into those sort of that mid space, right on the right hand side, just kind of gliding right in front of, right behind Trinity Robin, and just feeding her and Alex Morgan. I mean, you could just literally just pass the ball into space, and someone's going to take a shot on goal.
4: I think Sophia Smith ha- is going to be have the the biggest tournament in terms of attackers for the U.S. Women's National Team. I'm willing to say that with her mindset, as she wants to be the, the top player in the world, the top goal scorer, that she wants to start strong. Do in. you
3: think she could win the Golden Boot? I do. Yeah? She's your pick?
1: I'm she, not sure about Golden Boot, but I will. I, I want to. You don't think she could win? I, no, I think she can. I'm not sure if she wins. I don't. Whether she wins it or not, I think is irrelevant to what I'm about to say. Right. I think the star of the tournament, the person we will be speaking about most, the person whose clap will rise the most, the person who just becomes a global superstar, is Trinity Rodman, because every time she touches the ball, it's superstar activity. Her 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 gear is locked locked in demon time. I mean, she doesn't know how to get out of it. Every time she touches the ball, something sensational happens, and I can't wait for the world to see it.
3: Do you know what excites me about this U.S. team as well is the amount of players that are playing for the first time in a World Cup? Because it feels like in the past this has been such a veteran side that has had so many veterans, you know, year in, year out, or addition in, addition out. Here's a list of of the the players that will be playing for the first time. Casey Murphy, uh, Aubrey Kingsby, Alana Cook, Emily Fox, Naomi Gurma, and Sophia Huerta. That's a lot, and especially for the, uh, for, the, for the back line in particular. Oh, for sure. Look I, at the midfielders.
1: I mean, Look at the forwards.
3: Again, just, again, and Savannah DeMillo, like she,
5: what, has like one, one appearance and has had the most confident season all
3: in. And for, Alyssa Thompson, with how young she is, what she's done for Angel City, you know, the babies. expectation that she's met in the NWSL. What is it like for these players that are getting this first experience so young? I mean, I think that
5: it's, one, it's unprecedented, right? You can't really expect that you're gonna crack into first team, especially some of them starting this early. Mm -hmm. I think for me, the more fun and romantic story is actually Lynn Williams. I think that she is just emblematic of a lot of the grit that the U.S. women have showed over the generations, coming back from injuries, fighting through, coming up first World Cup after, you know, missing due to a knee injury for Olympics and otherwise. 30 years old, and I think that we've seen this sort of Lynn Williams renaissance. So I'm interested to see what she actually gets to do.
3: It, she's such an inspirational story, isn't mm-hmm. she? Is there any part of you that's slightly concerned with how many players are playing for the first time in such a big competition?
4: Not at all, because the leadership that the U.S. Women's National Team has off the pitch. Mm-hmm. So uh, a Megan Rapinoe is in the locker room. Uh, she will play here and there, but in terms of leadership, you, you have her and Alex Morgan, you, you don't need a, a team full of, of veterans because you have players you can lean on in those difficult moments to have those conversations in the buildup in the lead up to some of these matches. And they're vocal
1: and leaders as well. You know, Rapino's going to let you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're not yeah. holding back.
4: They're and not him. holding back. Kelly O'Hara is, an, uh, is another one. So I look at Sophia Smith and, and Trinity Robin, both two young, effective. Game changers that are, are ready to take that step forward and say, hey, we're gonna lead this this next generation of US players. And I think what what's so great about Sophia Smith is her change of pace. When she's on the ball, she can knows when to slow to, slow it down, but also just accelerate by players. And I'm I'm excited. I would
3: hate to I play. I think against that's her.
5: really the threat because you're getting it from both sides of the field. Trinity and Sophia both extremely capable of carrying from midfield straight through and just terrorizing a defense.
1: Could you imagine chasing Alex Morgan, Sophia Smith, Trinity Rodman nope. around the oh. pitch? No. Nope. And then in the 75th minute, here comes Lynn Williams. You just be like, why are we doing this? Oh, Alyssa Thompson, Lynn a white flag and I can all throw? of them
5: smoke,
3: right? They're oh. all very speedy, right? Lynn also ran track uh, yeah. in college. Yeah. Very though. quickly uh. prediction. Then if you think it's going to be so high scoring, Alexis, you said 14.
1: I said I was. High. I hope we get to 15, <laughs> but I will say okay. we, we will score at least 10 goals.
3: Oh. All right. Well, you said 14, 15 and laughed at me for five. So what are you saying? Five. I said ten. At least ten. We get double digits. Okay. Chuck? Nine-zero. I'll go eight. Eight. Okay. I'm going to go five. Uh, You can watch the game (laughs) on Fox tonight. It kicks off at nine o'clock Eastern against Vietnam as the U.S. uh, look to begin their start for their third World Cup title. Stay with us. Coming up next here on Morning Footy, Felipe Cardenas joins us with the latest from Leo Messi. He's settling in to life in Miami. And the League's Cup is coming up where he's expected to make his debut.
4: Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A -a one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
3: Miami have now reached 10 million followers on Instagram. They only had one million before announcing the signing of Leo Messi. This is the Messi effect. They're now the fourth most followed American sports team on the platform. That has to be the most rapid rise, doesn't it, that we've ever seen? I don't know. Has anybody checked Publix's following? Because I'm sure the supermarket <laughs> probably jacked <laughs> up numbers, too. They're doing a tap dance right now. Like, thank you, Leo Messi. That's so true. Anyone that comes to Miami to see Messi play, do you think they have to go to Publix? Just because Leo Messi went there? There's going to be photos in the produce aisle. <laughs> if i are going to be like, Messi stood here.
1: If I was Publix, I'd say you get 20% <laughs> off your whole bill if you wear a Messi kit. Come on, <laughs> let's get
0: this money, Publix. you're
3: going to say you give uh, Messi 20% off. I'm like, yeah, he really needs that, <laughs> no. doesn't he? Uh, for more for on Messi and the Leagues Cup that's coming up, let's bring in our friend Felipe Cardenas, who is living the good life in Miami. Are you at Messi's house, Felipe? Where are you? <laughs>
7: I am. I'm not at Messi's house. Uh, not not yet. Not yet. That is a goal to get to that to that place to get to that place where I can just like ring him up and, and have coffee with him. Uh, but no, I'm on the ninth floor of my hotel here. I, I thought I can't bore our audience with just my my plain drab hotel room any longer. So I came up here to get the feel, the vibe of Messi's MLS. Well, League's Cup, but it's an MLS. It's, let's just say it's the MLS debut uh, <laughs> uh, of. The American soccer debut of Lionel Messi today, Friday night, big game, historic moment. Job well done because
4: I'm, I'm feeling it. I, I feel like I'm in Miami with you. What, what are the expectations for Messi in this game?
7: Yeah, that's a big story. Yesterday during the press conference uh, with Tata Martino and Sergio Busquets, both player and coach were asked about how, how much they're going to play tonight. Uh, Tata would not give it away. He said it's, it's still going to be last minute and, it's, and we're going to wait and see how the players feel. Uh, Sergio Busquets told the reporters that it would be virtually impossible for him to play 90 minutes. He said it straight up. He's like, I've only had three days of training. And so that's not something that he's looking to do. But there's there's always that gamesmanship where you're not really sure what's going to happen. Like, I really do think that that Lionel Messi and Sergio Busquets, especially Lionel Messi, will come on at some point in the second half uh, with with that build up, with the crowd really waiting for that moment uh, to celebrate. Uh, Leo in America you know Lionel Messi here in America I think that moment's going to come at some point in the second half again we don't know what the game will look like either if they're winning if it's a close game if they're if they're being drilled by 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 Cruz Azul so a lot of factors wait that 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 still have to be played out but I think the expectation is that Lionel Messi will not play a full 90 obviously you know come on in the second half
1: as they continue to build this team you know it's not just the excitement in the stands uh, they're going crazy on the Internet with rumors. We're hearing in that possibly Luis Suarez continues to be uh, rumored, although the Luis Suarez saga seems to have taken a weird turn. Uh, rumor is that the club uh, gremio may sue Inter Miami if he does indeed go there because of the contract. What have, what have you heard?
7: Yeah, so I wrote a story about that on the Athletic, uh, posted yesterday. I spoke with uh, Rodrigo Romano. No, 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 no relation to Fabrizio, uh, but he's he's one of the top journalists in Uruguay, and he really he sent a tweet Tuesday night that really ended speculation about uh, Luis Suarez joining in Miami immediately, like this summer, which was what was happening on the internet and especially reports coming out of south america because jorge mas i was in a room with jorge mas where he said if if if," essentially telling Luis suarez if you can get out of your contract we'll come for you he told reporters that he's under contract the day that he's not we have the freedom to go talk to him and that just set off a lot of alarms and and the media really went into a frenzy but when i spoke with rodrigo romano from uruguay about his tweet where he had really credible information saying that gremio was essentially threatening inter miami with litigation if they continue to pursue uh, Lucho Suarez. And so that was part of it. There's also a $70 million release dollar release clause if Lucho Suarez wants to leave Gremio. Any team that wants to sign him is going to have to do that. Uh, there's the fact that Luis Suarez signed until 2024, December of 2024, not December of 2023. So I think that tells you that even Messi's closest friend, Lucho Suarez, when he signed that contract for Gremio, wasn't sure what his good friend and good buddy Lionel Messi was going to do probably and so he signed until 2024 and he finds himself in a difficult spot he finds himself with probably the worst case of FOMO ever when he sees his friends here in Miami and he can't get out of his contract but the latest info that I have coming from last night is that perhaps there is a way if Luis Suarez can just finish the season finish Copa Brazil with Gremio, where they're, they're vying for that Copa Brazil championship with the, the prize money is $25 million for that club. If you can just finish strong, finish this season, perhaps Gremio will let him walk at the end of the year. Felipe, I'm reading reports that Messi is
4: speaking in English to his teammates. <laughs> it, it, is he, I've never heard Lionel Messi speak English before. Is this true? Is, has he been taking classes or what, what's going on here?
7: Well, there have been reports from even before he arrived here for about the last year that he's been taking English lessons uh, privately. Uh, His wife, of course, Antonella, speaks very, very good English. And so there's there's a little bit of learning there, too, that he's probably rubbing off of her. Uh, But DeAndre Yedlin became Internet famous yesterday around the world. Let's just let's just start there. He was asked a question about Leo Messi. Give us an anecdote was the question about him being a good teammate. Uh, And he he told that story about uh, Leonardo Campana, the the striker for Inter-Miami, needing tickets to Sunday's unveil, the big unveil for Lionel Messi. needed tickets for his family, and he asked the group chat, the Inter-Miami player group chat, hey, I need tickets, who can help me out? And nobody knew, according to DeAndre Yedlin, that Lionel Messi was in the group chat, and he just popped in and said, how many tickets do you need? Uh, and, and that was where the anecdote started and Deandre Yedlin ended up saying that his English is good enough to get by and he'll talk to everybody if he needs, if he's, in, if he's in a more thorough conversation, he'll just call over a Spanish speaker and help, that'll help him with translation. So still learning, not fluent, but obviously enough to get by and Deandre Yedlin just kept saying he's in Miami, he's going to be fine, I don't think English will be a problem.
3: So me and Alexis are going back and forth as who's not going <laughs> to ask the next question. Go ahead, Alexis. Yeah, well, obviously we haven't
1: even spoken about Jordi Alba, big signing. Uh, what are you hearing? How's it looking so far? Has he joined the group chat? <laughs> uh, I,
7: I, yeah, I don't know. He's probably he probably hasn't joined that group chat yet, or perhaps he has. You know, I think over the weekend or throughout this week, uh, that wasn't that that signing we knew was coming. First of all, because in that roundtable that I was in with with uh, David Beckham and and uh, Jorge Mas. Jorge Mas just told everybody, we're signing. Uh, Jordi Alba is going to sign this week. It was funny because David Beckham sort of looked at him like, really? like uh, he, which, which, is, which It was just a great dynamic because you can see that Jorge Mas is the one that just goes out and says everything and David Beckham a little bit more reserved, but it did happen. So, so Jorge Mas uh, true to his word and Jordi Alba is a new Inter-Miami player. My understanding is that he's not in Miami or Fort Lauderdale quite yet. He just had a baby. He, his son Paolo was just born a few days ago and so Tata Martino even spoke to that, to Argentina media saying that he didn't expect uh, Jordi Alba to travel until later this weekend. So obviously not part of League's Cup uh, likely not part of League's Cup at all. Probably not on that roster Jordi Alba. But that's one more former Barca uh, teammate that's here. And I had to sit down which for a story that's going to come out soon with The Athletic I had to sit down with Sergi, Sergio Busquets and he, he did talk about that. That That yes, everyone wants to know and and really it is a great, great feeling for these players to to be reunited again. They're very close and and they're very excited to be part of this project.
3: Uh, Felipe, speaking of the League's Cup, what are you expecting from Inter Miami? Because obviously we know they sit at the bottom of the MLS table, but now they've got these new players that are expected to play. How many minutes do you think Leo Messi is going to get and how do you see them faring?
7: Yeah, I mean, it's a nice little wager. We could, we could all like have a friendly wager. How many minutes does does Leo Messi play? I Ooh, think it's going to be between like, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe between like seven and ten. But again, it really depends on how this game plays out. This is a guy that's been on the record publicly, Leo Messi saying. Do not take me out of a game. I don't like it. I don't like missing the final moments of games. That's when the best parts happen. That's when the defenders tire. That's when the game opens up, and that's where he can do his business. So uh, I, I do expect him to come on at some point. Um, and you mentioned the young players. There, At one point, Inter-Miami has started like four or five teenagers uh, because of all the injuries that they've had. Uh, and and it's not it's 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 good and it's bad. Some of these players aren't ready to be in the first team and that's that's some some of the rumblings from the reporters here in Miami that that I've talked to that. Yes, it's a great story. Benjamin Kramaski the Argentine American. Uh, A a lot of the academy players coming up and getting this this time with the senior team and now with Leo Messi. But it's it's, it's a lot on them uh, as 18-year-olds, as as 19-year-olds. But they're going to become a, a big part of this team and probably tonight against Cruz Azul, who also is not in their best moment as well. And so an interesting game, you know, two teams that really just need a positive result.
3: Yeah, this new look Miami starts tonight. Uh, Felipe, thanks so much. Enjoy the game and we'll see you tomorrow for a special edition of Box to Box from 9am to 10am Eastern to recap everything uh, that we've just seen. And stay with us because coming up next here on Morning Footy, we're going to talk more about the match that's coming up tonight between Inter Miami and Cruiser Soul. We'll be right back.